Yo, everybody, we have a brand new sponsor, Emptiness. Emptiness is a slow-fermented digestive aid based on ancient traditional Korean formulations. Uh, These remedies have been used in Korea for centuries. By cleaning out the excess material in our digestive tracts, our bodies can finally fully absorb all the benefits of the nutrients in the food we eat. It's not a laxative and is non-habit-forming. It's the summer. It's it's the holiday season. People are going to be barbecuing, eating stuff that they don't need to be eating. So at any time, you could certainly use a good cleanse. And this is a nice, simple, easy, gentle one. So emptiness. Enjoy it and look for it right there in our... Our online store. We are also sponsored by Baxel. Baxel is vegan non-GMO hyaluronin, which is either directly or indirectly involved in almost every physiological function in the body. It's found in high concentration in synovial fluid, where it acts as a lubricant for smooth fluid joint movement and as a natural growing source of glucosamine. So if you have put some damage onto your joints and you've uh, you put some wear on the tires, now's a good time to start taking care of it. So look for Baxel also right there in our online store. And most importantly, uh, please sign up and become a member. By signing up for a membership for only a dollar a month uh, is a way of supporting the podcast, but also more importantly is getting you get online you get discounts on everything in our online store, including all of our wonderful sponsors. So it's a way to not only keep us going, but uh, it keeps our sponsors uh, continuing to support us, so that we can support you and that you can then support us. Everybody wins. So, uh, but uh, check out our we'll put it right there on the on the on the website. But yeah, check out our 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 membership deals because they're very important for us and important for the sponsors and most importantly important for you is we're handing out discounts may as well take them as long as as well as give some prizes throughout the year so uh check in and uh enjoy the episode if you listen closely you can hear the voices you can hear them whisper the legacy to you go and lean in from somewhere deep inside the evergreen forests of the pacific northwest (laughs) (laughs) everything you know is wrong. Wrong, sir. Wrong. With Jeremy Horn. We're an inhuman monster. I said good day. Yo, this is the third episode in our three-episode arc chronicling a career in stand-up comedy. Our our guest for this episode is headliner Brian Scalaro, and this episode was uh, was recorded down in Los Angeles with Brian, um, not in our usual treehouse, uh, treetop tavern studios. So if you hear, you know, the typical city sounds of, and especially city sounds of LA. So if you hear sirens and gunfire and the sound of people's hopes dying. <laughs> that's, that's what that is in the background. Um, Brian Scalaro is, he's a regular featured actor on such television shows as Bones, Castle, The Middle, Dexter, Grey's Anatomy, Mad Men. Have you heard of any of these? Uh, he's one of those guys where you see his face, you're like, I know him. Uh, and for people that follow comedy, he has the career of a headliner that every aspiring comedian hopes for um, with his own Comedy Central special, multiple appearances on Late Night with Conan O'Brien, uh, and many of the programs like Live at Gotham, things like that. He, and he is also has a highly coveted spot as a featured regular at the world-famous comedy store in Los Angeles. So anytime you're in LA, stop by the comedy store, and uh, there's a strong chance you can see Brian and a lot of amazing other comedians, but one of those highly, highly uh, sought-after um, comedy store regulars. It's a, it's a magical place. Uh, we talk about the, how the job is changing and changing rapidly and dramatically. This, this episode is actually a great treatise on the state of comedy today. There's especially, we, we get into the rise of internet performers with so many other access points. It used to just be that you went to the comedy club and that's how you came up through the system. But there's so many, uh, entry points now that, that, uh, that one, you're, 
as a, and also so much, so many other um, ways of, of maintaining a career through social media and things like that, where professionals are, are forced to spend more time promoting their brand through YouTube, uh, various other websites, social media, uh, doing dumb podcasts like mine. Uh, it leaves far less time being able to focus on writing jokes and perfecting your craft, which is really what the job is. And as much as people see the fun of a stage performance, being a stand-up comedian is first and foremost a writing job. You, you never steal other people's material. Everything you do has to come from yourself, your brain, and your heart. So you live and die by your ability to write and create content, which is difficult to do when you're constantly having to update your website and um, uh, update your, 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 your Twitter profiles, where back in the day, you just had to show up at the club and then everything was handled for you and the seats were filled. Um, on addition, the rise of the, of, of the internet has also led to the loss of calendar dates at comedy clubs, which is the bread and butter and the backbone of the, of the industry. Uh, and it's, it's these, these, these calendar dates are being lost to flavor of the month, internet and reality TV stars who are hot for 10 minutes and are gone as soon as they arrive. Every time some, some, some clown gets voted off survivor or some dropout from desperate hive housewives of Stockton or wherever, uh, or, or some internet fresh uh, catchphrase kid makes a press statement saying that they're going into stand up comedy across the country. Dozens of legitimate headliners instantly lose out on bookings. Uh, and then that personality goes on stage and bombs and everyone loses. The crowd doesn't get a good show, uh, because that, that performer quote performer doesn't have a backlog of carefully worked on and practice and harvested material uh, to lean on for an entire hour long performance. Um, they're just, they, 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 and, and that's not all of them. There's, there's a lot of wonderfully talented Bo Burnham, people like that. Uh, but there's so many that look at comedy as a, as a, as a, as a, um, as an alternative to them simply no longer being in the public eye, which, uh, which is unfortunate. Um, we also delve into how the writer's strike of 2007 forced uh, everyone down a pay grade from which most talent, creative talent has yet to recover. Feature stars got bumped down to guest roles, guest roles to co-stars, co-stars to extras, so on. It's a brutal and rough, re- it was a brutal and rough restructuring all around. And writers often suffer the most damaging effects of, uh, of all for, for their, for their quote win during the strike. And we also discussed the Marx Brothers, John Candy, and other very important matters. Uh, oh, and one more thing that we talked about that I think is important. Uh, audience members coming up to us after shows and busting our chops as performers. People really have to knock that off. It's, it's stupid. I've done it before. It's dumb. And you, you just end up looking like a jackass. Uh, and I understand the, 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 the imperative that after a show, you want to be in with the performers and, and, and part of the fun. Uh, but the reality is you're not. Uh, you put in the hard work. Grind out difficult crowds for 10 years of your life. Then you're free to talk smack. Uh, you, otherwise, you haven't earned the right to talk smack to a professional. You just look like uh, a clown um, basically berating a complete stranger. And it's absolutely off-putting and bizarre. And it's a no-win. You end up looking pathetic when you talk smack to a performer after a club who you just paid money to see. Um, it doesn't put you in a, a good light. It's, it's, there's nothing more that we want to do than get away from you, even when you're trying to buy us drinks. I can't tell you how many times you'll have somebody trying to buy us drinks. We're like, nah, man, keep your money. I'd rather, I'd rather pay for my own drinks and have to talk to you another second longer. It's just incredibly rude to talk to a performer. We, we did a showcase show, and there was one performer that clearly had the set of the night, did better than a couple of, uh, of, of, of more seasoned comedians. 
meetings. And that happens. You're just like, wow, he, he, he brought the thunder today and it was a blast. I'm standing outside talking to a couple audience members and they, one of them um, was just kind of like, Hey, that guy was really good. I was like, Oh yeah, he's a great young comic. I'm, he's one of my favorites. I enjoy watching him. I book him as often as I can. And uh, he's a cool guy to hang out with. And, uh, and just then the comic came outside and I was like, Oh, Hey, we were just talking about you. And the guy immediately starts going into his act and picking it apart and basically using catchphrases from his act targeted at the guy mean spiritedly. And I was like, what in the name of two seconds ago, you were saying the most favorable things possible to this guy. And, and now, and, and once you write there to his face, instead of saying, Hey, I really enjoyed your act. Like he told to me, uh, there's some imperative that makes you want to be a part of the joke and makes you want to go, Hey, I do what you do. I can say mean things about myself. And it's like, nah, I can say mean things about myself. You're talking smack to a stranger. Uh, you just end up look stupid. And what happens more often than not, we end up talking smack back. You look stupid. You look bad. You get your feelings hurt. Your girlfriend's disgusted with you. And then you get mad at us as a performer. And all we're doing is simply being like, oh, you want to talk smack? Well, I'm a professional and I'm going to give you some psychological damage. I'm going to give you a reason to go home tonight and reevaluate a lot of things in your life. I know that sounds dark, but it really, it's happened so many times where I'm like, I can't believe this person forced me to hurt them. I just wanted to enjoy some some time with a stranger afterwards and instead they said something very mean-spirited so I simply had to say something mean-spirited back and they had their feelings hurt which is incredible they came up and said something mean to a stranger and are baffled that the stranger said something mean back so it's pointless just go out enjoy the show have fun when you see a performer say I really enjoyed your set or I really enjoyed this joke and then talk about something else <laughs> we, we're happy to talk about anything else uh, we don't want to have a a, a, um, a shoot session of, uh, of demeaning comments but uh yeah, I probably delved into further that than the psychology of that further than I had to, but it happens so often that it feels like it needs to be addressed. Anyway, this is a fantastic episode, and we really delved into a lot of matters, and uh, we were all over the map. So enjoy. This is uh, this was our last episode, and then uh, we're back in the Treetop Tavern. So enjoy, Brian. System, nice. All right. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> That's as good a way to start as any. Oh. I cannot think of a better way to start. There you go. <laughs> Thank you, my friend. Brian, it's good to see you, brother. Yes, yeah, same here. We're uh, outside the uh, studio, and uh, we're at your place. We're in your home. Uh, we're in Hollywood. We're in Hollywood. Right? Smack dab in the middle of Hollywood. Five blocks from the Chinese Theater. Two blocks from Runyon Canyon. Three blocks from the guy shitting in the mailbox. <laughs> and uh, about two blocks away from the Magic Castle, where a magician just uh, accidentally killed himself. <laughs> You heard maybe, about that? No. Nah, maybe accidentally. Who knows? Yeah, I was about to Apparently, say. He was a card. I don't know. I didn't meet the guy. I don't know the story. <laughs> but he was a card magician. He did tricks with cards. And they said he was practicing a trick in his dressing room. Like, but how does how does he go from cards to, to death-defying tricks? You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. Was it knives? No, no, no. no but, how did, but how did he? Yeah, yeah. Because, they, you know, they go from card tricks to then they do more Yeah, but you don't of, just jump right, right you're through. Right, you build up. Dead dunk, you're dunking your head in a... In a bucket of water, or right? You just right. <laughs> straight jackets and underwater. You don't just go right to that. <laughs> the old dunk in the head and water trick. But I don't want to bad mouth the guy. I don't know what happened. But I like the fact that they're saying no, it wasn't a suicide. Because if I killed myself, I'd like people not to say they killed themselves. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like Brian suddenly died oh, by you know practicing juggling swords. Yeah, yeah, yeah. with a bag <laughs> over his head. <laughs> Well, let, I'm, uh, I'm this. We, you and I talked about this a little bit, but this, this is always curious to me how people have these weird misperceptions of comedy, uh-huh. or just weird perceptions in general. Like right. the big one that is always like, um, after shows, like you did, 
Yeah, I will. And they were like, you did this. Like, that show was great. You were so wonderful. They're very complimentary. It was so much fun. So you wrote that shit today? You wrote that on the... Do- you you think I wrote this on the drive here? Like, you think I just wrote this and then jumped on stage and like, here's what I've been thinking about. Right, right. It's weird that people have that perception. They don't know how much writing goes on, how much work. They yeah. don't see the craft. Well, it's like they'll, they'll see a YouTube video and then they show, they'll see uh, another YouTube video of yours in like three months and they go, that's the same jokes for the last time. So, well, first of all, this is for free. It's on YouTube. Yeah. How dare you right. fucking write a comment right. like that? Right. Fuck you. Yeah. Second of all, it's fucking three months. Yeah. You know, how much do you think writing, we're all, we're, we're all not George Carlin, which is why George Carlin was George Carlin. Yeah. There's a reason everybody knows this. There's a reason why there's only one George Carlin. Because he was Carlin. fucking Beethoven. Yeah. Just because I'm a stand-up comic doesn't mean I think I'm Beethoven. Yeah. You know, yeah. I'm Salieri. Yeah. <laughs> you know what you know yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah Mozart's left. contemporary, yeah. Was, the, yeah, yeah. The more research they find about Salieri is we believe that story that he was um, Mozart's contemporary and there was a jealousy like Amadeus. And right. Amadeus. That's not true. Well, uh, apparently they were homeboys. So you know like when, when a friend of yours, uh, you know a guy that you, you do comedy with and they, they get a show and they do well and you're like, ugh, that guy? That guy, yeah. that guy sucks to everybody. He wasn't like that. No, but then your friend does well and you're like, yes, I'm so happy you got that show. Nobody right. deserves it more than my friend, right? Right. That's what Salieri was. You know what I mean? So they, so they, so well, they. In ha- the movie, he doesn't tell anybody else other than the fucking psychiatrist. But that's the movie, exactly. Do you see but what I'm I mean? saying? But the movie did basically what you're saying. What did they? That the only person he told he was jealous was a psychiatrist. Right, right, right. So right. the movie just reported what you told me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Essentially, yeah. essentially so I'm saying the movie could be true. Well, yeah, it's it's not it's not like it's all nonsense, but every every movie embellishes the the way. But they but they kind of victimize as if as if um they had this horror this this well, like I mean, people do get carried away like the yeah. fucking guy who. Uh, the Revenant, the guy, uh, Tom... Tom Hardy? Yeah, Tom Brady, Tom Arnold. Tom Brady, Tom, Tom Arnold. That's way different. That would have been, been a great movie. I'd watch that. It would have been a really different movie. movie. <laughs> like, them burying him. We gotta get out of here. You know? <laughs> Throw dirt on him. Oh, cool. Come on. Tom Arnold hey, in The Revenant. <laughs> no, but he, uh, he didn't kill... There was no boy. He didn't kill a boy. I think. I'm pretty oh, sure. Oh, 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 in, in the actual events. They just yeah. wanted to, they just want to trump they, up the they stakes. Made, they made him into uh, a murderer. Yeah, and they also want to make him a more sympathetic character. Ah, I see. Or less sympathetic character. Yeah, yeah. 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 More I justifiable. Think, so that's, you can understand. Yeah. And then the British people were upset that in the United 93 movie, they needed uh, somebody, they needed somebody to say, hey, let's not revolt. Hey, they get, everything's going to be fine. Yeah. They needed somebody to say that. So who does an American movie producer do that to? They do it to the British yeah, guy yeah. who's on the plane. Right, right. There's no proof the British guy said, no, let's not do that. Yeah, yeah. You know what you, I mean? I do. You want to hear a worse one? Have you seen Argo? Have you seen Argo? Uh, the sequel. That was the prequel to Fargo. Yeah, yeah. And Here before that, it was Arg. It was a movie <laughs> about pirates. That's <laughs> oh, an old bad joke. That's a- <laughs> yeah, I love Argo. Right? Yeah, yeah. So, you know, like in the end where they're just kind of like, so with this mastermind plan and then we'll give the credit to the, yeah. to the Canadians. The Canadians masterminded 90% of that plan. Like Jimmy Carter watched Fargo and was like, hey, man, I'm still alive. I can tell you. Jimmy Carter watched what? Huh? What Jimmy Carter's still alive. Yeah, I know that. So, but I mean, so I'm saying like we make these things that are no, totally fictional. Jimmy Carter, Jimmy Carter, when he watched Fargo, he was just kind of like, yeah, that's that's. I mean, Argo. Largo. When Jimmy Key Carter Largo. watched Argo, when he watched Key Largo, yeah. <laughs> when he watched Argo, he said that wasn't what happened. He was like, the, he's like, he's like, we fully give our government's always given full credit to the Canadians for masterminding that plan and coming up with that plan. Then why did the CIA agent get uh, that fucking? Uh... That's the whole thing. In, in 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 Argo, they made it look like USA did it. Like, so we, you're saying that Canada. Masterminded that plan and created that plan. Canada sent uh, the American agent to John Goodman's character. They suggested. They said, "Here's a, here's a way that you can get those people out." Yeah, but here's, but here's the thing. Also, they suggested it, but they didn't like. They have the mastermind means they covered all angles and they the, worked. They worked directly. The John, the they, John John, they worked directly with our government. Yeah, but they are, yeah. yeah. So, so they made it seem. Well, what you're saying is Ben Affleck's character in the movie didn't come up with the idea. 
Right, right. Okay. Yeah. But but, but, but they it, also know John Goodman's character was working for the CIA. Right, right. So Canada wouldn't know that. So you can't say they masterminded it. They no, just you, came up with the idea. They came up with the idea and also uh, worked worked alongside us. It was almost like they gave us the idea and then we took it from there. It's like, no, no, no. They're yeah. like, we worked with Canada directly sure. the entire time from and beginning to end. And also they say in the movie the Kiwis turned them away. And New right, Zealand right, right. didn't turn them away. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. And yeah, New Zealand was like, no, that's not true either. Yeah. Then, oh, what the fuck? Yeah. yeah. And then that's, that's that, kind of disrespectful to people who are super disrespectful to Canadians that, who are alive, yeah. New Zealanders. So when, that's with very legitimate beefs and gripes. You yeah, know? yeah, I agree. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. What, do you, what, are some other, what are some other things that, like, uh, um, that we kind of go through in um in comedy yeah oh it's one of those shows nah i mean just i want to know like the hits the main hits because i think uh, uh it's more i'm always like that what we were just been talking about these perceptions that we have that just become rooted and you're like who came up with that that is not at all the way it is or the way we think you well know? the fact was i remember once back when i started comedy in the first five years of comedy you are happy to do comedy right and i was at a party with a, a girlfriend at the time who i was very unhappy with and some guy at the party said, what are you doing? I was like, I said, I'm a comedian. And he goes, uh, he goes, and he looks at everybody and he goes, says, attention to everybody. He goes, isn't it funny how all comedians are depressed? First of all, I'm a fucking human being uh, yeah. and I'm talking to you. And I just met you. And you're announcing to the, the whole yeah. room. Yeah. It's, uh, I know nothing. First you know of all, nothing it's, rude. it's rude. Second of all, it's wrong. And third of all, it's rude again. Yeah. No, and fourth of all, it's like, how, how could you possibly think from one sentence? Right. That I'm that I'm that I have a, this personality trait. Right, right. It's, it's crazy. It's but it's like that's not. Every office has about eight different personalities. So if there's eight people in your office. There's going to be one guy who's depressing to talk to. One guy who creeps you out. <laughs> one guy who tries too hard to be funny. One guy who just wants to fuck. You know, and that's that, every office yeah, exactly. That's, yeah. And so. So why label us all because you've met two guys yeah, that with the are same like, fucking personality? Right, right. Or maybe it's not us. Maybe it's you. Maybe talking to you depresses us. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. we're used to entertaining right. people who are entertaining. Right. So now suddenly I got to talk to a civilian. Yeah. And the civilian's like, uh, what he's saying the oldest shit in the world to yeah. me. Why? Why shouldn't I be depressed? Exactly. I'm all, you know. Exactly. Yeah. It's like yeah. It's like being an, uh, being a painter, and then some accountant's like, you know what the deal is with painting? All right, man, tell me yeah, everything yeah. that you know about the thing that I master. Yeah. yeah. It's bizarre. But now I'm depressed because yeah. the job is horrible <laughs> yeah. now because everybody's fucking doing it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's weird. It's very weird. Yeah. You know. You, you know. It's uh, so like a uh, uh, open mic. Uh, the 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 comedy underground is the oldest comedy club in Seattle. And mm-hmm. open mic there, you go there. And it's 30, 35 of us show up, and thirty people gets lost. And that's just the way it's always been in the nineties mm-hmm. and two thousand. When I was, you know, whatever, doing comedy, right? right. And then uh, when Last Comic Standing came out, suddenly eighty uh, to ninety so people are showing up and open. Yeah. Ninety people showing up to an open mic. Oh my lord! You know what I mean? Yeah. There's and that means that means again, it's not ninety brilliant new voices. It's eighty nine yeah. pure garbage. Here's what I think. And you know? people who are, you know, if they get famous and they only have five minutes, they're gonna take money out of, and food out of the mouths of a comedian and his family because it's only fifty two weeks a year. So if they have fifty two headliners, if one club has fifty two headliners a year. Suddenly, this kid with three minutes becomes famous off a of YouTube video. Takes that slot, and they know if they get him, yeah, he takes that slot first of all, and they know if they get him, the, the crowd will pay and come. They'll leave a little disappointed, and then never, they'll, yeah, never and then back. they'll never, they'll never bring you back. Everything, everything's killing comedy. Yeah, and yeah. now I'm depressive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that's the thing. That's a, that's actually interesting how how much it shifted. How yeah. it's completely um, like uh, certain uh, people that are like personalities that are suddenly like now I'm doing comedy. Mm-hmm. Wait a minute, this reality show mom. Now you know yeah. what I mean. Like it's, it's just a sign that it's just a sign that that the road was a goal. Mm-hmm. 
uh, for comics, there was many goals. Get on TV, become a writer, whatever. And was you know, get on the road. But most comics, it was doing the work. It was doing yeah. the work. Doing the, road, the, yeah. the road was one of the goals. And I don't think it should be a goal anymore. Yeah, the road is rough. It is. It rough. doesn't make any sense anymore. Because if somebody's performing for 1200 if there's a, a shitty comic who that can't get on stage at that comedy club and he opens a little bar show down the road and offers free tickets oh yeah and the comedy club's gonna offer free tickets it's all fucking it's crushing it's crushing it, it's gonna disappear for a while and then it'll, it'll you know that's like what happened in the right 90s now. it's like after the 80s boom it's this yeah. is it's like another 80s boom yeah yeah the bubble's about to burst i feel i feel that's about to burst soon because i was talking so- to you know lenny marcus no lenny lenny marcus is a great comic he's done uh, letterman and uh, he was on that Comedy Cellar documentary. He's a really funny guy. Uh, I started with him in, like, 95. And he was here the other day, and he, he was like, you know, it's really interesting, Brian. We started we started on the tail end of the first boom. Mm. And then right about five or seven years after, I started the second boom. Yeah. And it really is interesting to be somebody in the middle mm-hmm, like mm-hmm, that. Mm-hmm. You- my, my whole generation's in the middle. You know what I mean? Right, We're right. Not, not baby boomers, not... Uh, yeah, everything I've learned. Millennials, yeah. Everything I've learned isn't necessary anymore. Yeah, isn't yeah. that incredible? Like in communications in college, they taught yeah. us how to splice tape yeah. and yeah. You know, when you're editing. Yeah. Now they just use, uh, you know, a fucking digital stuff. They right. teach us that. Right. Uh, you know, it's like com- comedy is how to be funny. Now you got to be young and thin and good looking and have a you, internet you, presence and be a promoter. You and, have to do multiple. Also, yeah. also, it's like, can you also sing? No, I can't yeah, sing. Yeah. Like, I, why do I have to TV? sing? It's a different job. Like, and there was no it, reality shows. There was no YouTube when I started. There was no internet when I started. I think uh, also late night. I've noticed because it used to be just Carson or hey, <laughs> yeah, sorry Car- it was uh, Carson Letterman, whoever, just doing doing the job, right? Yeah. And now hey, wait for the summer. And it's and this is and this is not a knock. This is actually impressive. But like Fallon and and Stephen Colbert and um, um, uh, Corden, uh, uh, they're they're they have um, uh, dance and theater backgrounds. They all sing. You have to have now. It's almost like they're looking for how many things can you do. What about I do this this well, one never, thing I've never really heard that well? Does that, well, that's to be a host. I've never to be heard a host. That. To be a host. Yeah, yeah. Well, everything's changed. It's changed, right? And I'm not complaining. A lot of people will embrace it. Uh, like say Marin, it's just different. It's well, just Marin different. was the one people had po- when podcasts were uh, something that only like five, six people would do. Right. Marin was like, "Give me that idea." Yeah, yeah. And he made a fucking. He had a resurgence. Right. That you know. So it's like that you can embrace it, but it is very. It's uh, it's very difficult. Yeah. You know to. And you find that all these things bog you down, and all you want to do is write new jokes. Right? And perform yeah, the yeah, new yeah. Jokes. It's takes all away from we the job to do. Do you do you ever think about like? Uh, Let's take away from the job. Yeah, yeah. like like um, sketches and stuff. Because sometimes working on a sketch, because mm-hmm. you're like, hey, I got I got to build up my YouTube presence. It's just part of the new job yeah, now. And then it's you like put it up there, five thousand people watch it, and it just and you're like, it slips what, away. Who cares? What a waste of time. Like, but oh, I need a nineteen year old in around the world. Right. On the show, in the <laughs> to video. get to get sixty million hits, yeah. always, always, right? But do you ever notice when you all? Yeah. What were you saying? Like, <laughs> but if that's if so, you are doing that. But doesn't that spur your creative process where it actually does help you write jokes? Like, like you're, I was working on the sketch for this YouTube video because that's the job. No, now. no, you just no. Have no, to. I, I, no keeps, one's saying. Listen, we. we I was just curious if it helps. If you notice, no, it helps. No, it doesn't help. No, but it hinders. But it's yeah. you can. Uh, we may sit here and I think you and I sit here and talk bad about the job because you uh, we went down that direction. But it doesn't mean we don't like the job. Right, right, right. And it doesn't mean that we don't do the job yeah. and enjoy we're just, it. So we're just trying time. to address the flaws so that you can so improve. It, it, it yeah. can improve, but unfortunately you have to like fire 5,000 comics probably. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For it, to, for, it, for, it to be, for it to flourish. Yeah. But isn't that what happened? Like you said in that second boom, isn't that kind of what happened? Is that is that the, the people left were the people that were good? Like like a, you know, that the, the, oh, the, yeah, you know. 
that generation of, of, of Patton yeah. Oswalt and Janine Garofalo, like, that's who was left, and that's who flourished. Well, it way before that. I'm, you know, um, I'm talking about the end of... Dennis Wolfberg and Kevin Meany, that whole that Kevin whole, era, oh, yeah, that, yeah, that whole yeah, yeah. 80s era. No, 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 I'm saying post that, because Kevin Meany was huge. Kevin Meany was a monster. Yeah. Like, that post thing when comedy died, then whoever's left over is truly... Well, capable of the job and doing the job the right way, writing yeah, jokes, yeah, doing, you yeah. know what I mean? Buckling and they, down. they need to borrow money. Right, right, right. Yeah. Yeah. And that's all I'm talking about. Yeah. I'm and saying making a living solely off of stand-up is... Uh, it's differently... If is, you're not famous or it, not young and cute, uh, you know, with a little bit of heat come, coming to you from an agent, yeah, it's difficult. It's There's brutal. a lot of sad comics out there. There's yeah. a lot of comics out there you're like, whatever happened to that guy? And you look him up, he's still performing. Yeah. But it's like, I haven't seen him in, in 15 years. Right. What's he been doing? Been doing the road. Been doing yeah. the, you know what I mean? I'm Working. trying to, I have to pay the road to pay for a house and a kid and a wife. And yeah. I never see them. And That's, you know. it's rough. But this is very depressing. Why no, it's down, not, why no, it's not like, because I think, I think a lot, of, it's, I mean, depressing not, I think that a lot of people don't see that end of it or realize that end or, or, or but the thing, they think it's all fun. They, and it, it is a lot of fun to right. be paid to go to what's, I just went to Washington, D.C., and I Great. got to walk up to the White House, record, you know, and be silly for a little bit, and you know and that was enjoyable. And yeah. I got to meet a whole new crowd I never performed for, yeah. and it was fun. Yeah. You know, like performing for like these kids that are all like interns, poli and new lawyers, yeah, poli sci interns. Know? Yeah, yeah. It was it was different and fun. It was a, that's a great experience that mm -hmm. I had. Mm -hmm. You know, so it, it it is a fun job, but when people think it's all fun, or no, there is something that the audience thinks. They think just because I'm a comic, they can ins insult my appearance after the show let and me, I'm like wait a second what let me ask you this that's fascinating to me so yeah. so you remember the, the, the historians have talked about how it, uh, whatever uh, people that have, that have written memoirs talking about the uh, um, the three stooges right yeah. and the three stooges are the kings they're yeah, the they biggest put a cigar in his eye. they put a they put a cigar in his face people would run up and yeah, just people, slap him mm -hmm. because and it's and it's just a, it's, a, it's a weird lizard brain monkey the re, us being dummy part of our brain that yeah. that sees that and it and it and it um registers as like justifiable that, yeah, but in time people got smarter and that's what that's just weird to me. Because yeah. especially, if, first of all, the researchers do that in their show. I don't make fun of people. Right. I, right. I make fun of myself for five right. minutes, and then I do like 40 minutes of comedy. Yeah. And if somebody heckles or somebody interrupts, I'll make fun of them. Or, you know, but I don't really generally make fun of the way people look. Exactly. So I get off stage and I'm dealing with, I get, I get like, nice job, fat ass. It's like, oh, yeah. what the fuck? You know, that's, I, that's, I think that's. Like, weird. oh, you're a comic. You should have a sense of humor. That's. No. That's, I thought I'm an insult comic. That's weird though. Cause like you, when you go up on stage, you always tell a quick fat joke just to address. You know yeah, what I mean? because right? it's my experience. If I don't, somebody somebody's gonna heckle me with a fat joke. Exactly. That's what's strange to me, though, is that like I've I've been with you where you and I be talking to them. They're super complimentary, and then they say something to me, and yeah. you're like, "What the? What was that? You know what yeah. I mean?" And they're they, not, they think they're being funny. They think that's they the think, thing. They, they think they're sad. gonna make me laugh. They think exactly. They're like, "See, I'm doing what you do." It's yeah. like, no, I'm an expert. At what I do, yeah. you're just you're just a child with a samurai yeah. sword thinking thinking you're you know. What I mean? like make fun of them back, and then they get their feelings hurt, and they walk away. Isn't that crazy? Every single time I make fun of them back, they well, here's because. No, it's just it's just a weird uh, trait of, of people, and it's like on younger comics, younger comics on Facebook. I notice not just with me, with a lot of older comics, they'll friends of theirs, and they'll insult them, uh, and then it's like, and then you see the conversation like, why'd you do that? Like, oh, I'm just a fan. I thought it would. It's like I've never met you. I think you're right. I've never met you. I think you're right. There's a weird psychology that they're like, yeah, this is what comics are like. This is what they'll love. Mm -hmm. You know, here's yeah, but they're also new comics. It's like, you're right. It's like don't. It, oh, no. it's always new comic. Yeah, I it, miss the uh, the days where uh, pre-internet or pre-social media, where you know there was nobody was really attacking each other. 
That yeah, much, yeah, you know yeah. What I mean? yeah. And if it it's was, a, it was behind closed doors. It was kept in the front, right. Kept in well, the I don't know if I think I think at that time people actually. I feel like people genuinely gave each other the benefit of the doubt. There were people I feel like would be like, "Oh, you do comedy? I know nothing yeah. about that." Now people have to act like they know or want to yeah. know. Yeah. yeah. What's interesting to me is that I don't like like super hacky fat jokes. Nobody does. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. you, and you see a comic go blah blah. Right. You when you do, it's it's always funny. It's I'm not funny. I'm saying it's 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 uh it's it's engaging. It's not like here's a fat thing. Here's like here's here's scenarios. But nothing is insulting about fat people. In the exactly. Act. Get fat guy I'm making fun of, which is me, but I'm making fun of a guy, a fat guy. Is a guy getting laid, and you know, like you know, so there's nothing, there's nothing in there that insults the guy. Right. That's what's interesting to me is there's nothing in 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 your act when you do that type of material that is in any way demeaning to fat oh, people. Thanks, it's man. always complimentary. But then, so then that's what's weird is when people afterwards say something like that. It's like that's what they mean. It's like everything I said about fat people was generous, and you know what I mean. Is was and you turned everything mean spirited. That's what you heard from my act. It's yeah. weird. The right? only joke that's it's one, one about being out of breath and. You know, it's, yeah, but really, she's killing you. That's like, it. When my friends go to your shows, that's what—that's the line that they always spit that's back. Funny. Is she's she's killing? Get on the bottom. That's, she's that's killing, right, right. I got to replace that joke. Is all I'm thinking. No, <laughs> do you? Well, well, I gotta, I gotta keep writing. It's just, very, oh yeah, yeah, you it's gotta, just very yeah, hard yeah. to write when you every morning you're like, all right, I'm writing another comedy club. Oh yeah, yeah. Whenever, every day I'm it's, like, it's a hard to do. I'm doing something to promote rather than be creative. Exactly, because you don't have the time to actually sit and focus. Yeah. It's the hardest thing to do. People don't realize how much writing is really the job. The job is yeah, writing, right? Yeah, and I feel like I'm, you know, sometimes... Like Tina Faye said, Tina Faye said, Tina Faye's like this and that, writing the book, worst moment of my life. It was just a year or two. What? Jesus writing a book is just miserable. Just sitting down and the process of writing, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. just, I would never want to do it again. I'm glad it's done. Well, and kudos I'm kudos to her project. for writing it herself. Yeah, right? You know, everybody so I know hires a ghostwriter. Everybody, yeah. There's only need to. The, the people, I think people generally don't realize that writing is the job. They see the stage time like yeah. no 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 you're talking about hours and hours and hours to get to the hour you saw yeah yeah and that's the best thing about new york is just that there's 20 fucking clubs and you can just perform perform you can have it you can start a new joke at 7 30 oh and, and have it polished fi- by, by your sixth show at midnight it's done that's it's polished, that's you know? hilarious that's you great five tries right in a row yeah and i don't I, also, I think people also don't realize how much like the wording matters editing cutting things out changing things moving around changes the entire yeah. structure of the joke and changes the entire audience reaction i don't think people realize that part of the writing process is well, that it's self-editing do you like the marx brothers we talk oh god my favorite that's my well, heroes yeah when they went on the road for a night at the, well uh, there was a guy named Irving Thalberg wrote all their songs no <laughs> oh no no the, 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 the MGM Thal- yeah, Irving, Irving MGM yeah yeah. yeah yeah he was like the genius the Who kid genius yeah. uh, manager yeah. of, of uh, MGM he was the king of Hollywood at the time. so you know he um, was saying to them um, I think the reason that the, the last few movies haven't been doing well is they're not proven on the stage what I want to do is get you back on, touring on the road like you were before Broadway or even on Broadway and on vaudeville and have you uh, rehearse some of the scenes. So Groucho would meet with the writers after every show and they would write down the ad-libs he did and he would say, what if we move this here? What if we try this line? He tried different things. And so by when the Night of the Opera came out, that's why it's one of the top ten uh, American Film Institute movies of all time, comedy movies. They, they, they. It's almost like they accidentally created open mics. You know what I mean? That process of vaudeville, of, no, vaudeville yeah. style, vaudeville. But yeah. like, a, but so you know, you know, you know, a couple stories about that. One is a perfect example of that where they're rewriting. Is you know, in um, Day at the Races, where he uh, he he takes his watch off as a surgeon takes his watch off. Puts, I'd rather have it rusty than stolen. Exactly. That was from just what you were talking about. Is doing it on stage. Yeah, they exactly. tried so yeah, many yeah. different versions, and, and they yeah, said, yeah, and Groucho said that one wasn't even his favorite. That was just the one that worked the best. Yeah, He's yeah. like that one for whatever reason. I'd rather <laughs> is, that, is that the best line? Yeah, That's such a good funny, line. Yeah. He looks at the guy like shiftily. And yeah. then he takes, people takes, said he takes off his watch. He's washing his hands, and then he sees his watch is on. So he takes his watch off, 
and then he sees the guy watch him. So he throws it back. He throws it directly into the bowl of water and goes, "I'd rather have it rusty than stone." <laughs> Instead of putting it on the table next to the dude, which would be the logical place, yeah, right back yeah, in the yeah, sink. Yeah. Brilliant. Very funny Those scene. dudes are brilliant. He just throws place. it in there, makes it worse. You want to hear another? Cra- <laughs> you know another crazy, crazy Hollywood story is like Irving Dahlberg was terrifying. Everybody was. You know what I mean? He was the king. He was the king, yeah, yeah. King, right? Oh, so, I know the story. You come up when they locked him in his room. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That- and then the second time he came in, they were all naked and they yeah, were roasting. Yeah, they were. They were. They had a fire. Exactly. Going. They're punking the most dangerous man that can yeah. ruin your career. They're like, don't. They were like, don't treat us. Don't like treat this. us. We're, we're stars. We're the stars. We, we were stars before you were, when you yeah. were a kid. You can treat everyone else like 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 dumb dumbs. I not love us. that story. Isn't that amazing? That's the way he keeps story. saying that he keeps saying to the secretary, "Tell him I'm I'm on. A, I have a meeting. I'm in a meeting." And so he's there there for like an hour. And so the secretary leaves, and they're still sitting there, and they're like, well, let's just barricade him. They took all the furniture from the waiting room and barricaded him in his own office. That's fucking funny. That's brilliant. That and is brilliant. If you did that shit nowadays... Go right to jail and... But he, then it would never work again. No, no, no. Absolutely. Like Mike Myers, think about this. Jack Benny and Jack, Jackie Gleason and Lucille Ball can be... Not that they were. Uh, Jack Benny certainly wasn't, but almost a tyrant on their set. This is how I want it. This is how I see it. Mm-hmm. You know? And like Larry David, this is how, this is my view. This is how I see it. And most of the time nowadays, if you speak up on a set, oh yeah, you're gone. I've heard that. Yeah, they don't want. They they think it's them. It's solely them, and it, it is to a heavy extent. The writers are. It's crushing. Sure. It's crushing. But they're like uh, they don't like any feedback mm-hmm. from the uh, from the actors yeah. at all. Yeah, and That's... also if you're like the uh, EP, for example, let's say you're the EP, and the head of Fox doesn't like the fact that they're always fighting them you're gone like you can't like only hbo and amc and fx can you be a netflix can you be just creative right right and it's where they put somebody in charge and go this is your view and look at those things flourishing right now you know exactly. like television's getting better netflix they won't they, they won't make a difference yeah well, it's always gonna be that way there's always like a rotating cast of, of, of executives calling the shots that are like well how long have you been a writer how long have you been an entertainer how long have you been you know what yeah, i mean yeah. it's like and then there's, there's a lot of money in, there's a lot of money at stake there's a lot of money at stake if, if if a show goes well they look great if a show goes bad they lose their job so that's understandable but at the same thing why would you why would you limit the creativity of the creative talent you signed yeah yeah well, like Mike Myers. Mike Myers got a bad reputation now because they said he was difficult to work with. Well, maybe he just knew the scene wasn't funny and wanted to fix it, but he wasn't He wasn't in charge. Yeah. You want to so hear a, a you Mike? Know, it's like, why not just fuck? It's Mike Myers. Yeah, but you know, that's the thing, though. At the time, exactly. Why not? He, this is his project, not giving the benefit of the doubt. Mark Myers addressed that because he's like, I have this reputation as being difficult in Hollywood, right? Yeah. And he's just like, here's the deal. When we see Wayne's World, we think him and Dana Carvey just wrote a sketch. He's like, no, me and Dana Carvey wrote a movie, and then 500 people are dipping their fingers in it. Do you see what I'm saying? Wouldn't that drive you insane? You know yeah. what I mean? Like and then so he said um, he said I, I, so he, like you were saying I keep putting up with this putting up with this like change this change that ugh fine so he, said he was making concessions right but he would fight for him then they said we don't want to use Bohemian Rhapsody we want to use this song because it's cheaper and he said I walked off the set and I said I'm gonna give you every penny back because you have no idea what you're talking about this is the linchpin of the movie he's like they want that's the famous scene the famous scene and to this day you know what I mean like he's like the thing that I'm still most known for is the thing that they argued with me that they wanted to cut aggressively to the point where I walked off and I said and yeah, they, yeah the director hates him now exactly and so the producer and the director say Mike Myers almost cost us millions of dollars he's like no you almost cost yourself a movie being a flop because yeah. you wouldn't want to take my input, and of course, isn't that amazing? Isn't that crazy? It's absolutely amazing. How, something as that's key, as the scene key. the movie where it clicks in. That's the moment where everyone's like, "Oh, we're into something now. Yeah, something yeah. new that we've never that seen." That was before. fun and exciting because everyone knew that song, but it had disappeared and for some like twenty e- years. Yeah, like we all remember. I remembered it as a kid. Mm-hmm. My brother would play it when he played the Queen's album. Yep. But then I, uh, you know, we're talking. I, we're talking to high, right before like the end of high school. 
also that comes on the screen and it was like hilarious. Yeah. That, yeah. And well, then look at from my perspective where I know Queen, I love Queen. Right. It died before I was born. So I had never heard that song before. So yeah. I see it from a totally different perspective. Now it plays all the time because that movie. All the time. Kids, my, uh, we went to a club and uh, some DJ mixed it in with something else. Yeah. And my 21-year-old nephew was like, oh, Bohemian Rhapsody. I'm like, How, what? The, the, the big fights are always the good ones. It's, yeah. Like uh, Gene Wilder fought Mel Brooks to have putting on the Ritz in Young know, oh, Frankenstein. Yeah. And after like they after like hours of arguing, Mel Brooks goes, "All right, it's in." And G Wilder goes, "Why'd you change your mind?" He goes, "Well, you, I just saw how hard you fought for it. Yeah, yeah, you, really, you know, yeah, you fought so hard for it. That I have to believe you. I have yeah. to believe maybe I'm wrong on this one. Yeah. That's so great. Mel's the best. He is Mel the best. Mel probably did that on your show of shows with Sid Caesar. Fought really hard for something he believed in. And told man, if there's one person that I could ever talk to and just get to know before they're gone, it's gonna be sad when he goes. I'm gonna lose he, it. I hope he doesn't go the. Oh God, I want to live forever. Go the, the drifty mind way. No, I, I like when they. They hide them when they get that way. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm glad they do. Yeah. Like when Gene Wilder was dying, he didn't want any kids to see him because he, he knew kids recognized him from Willy Wonka, mm -hmm. and he didn't want them to see that wherever yeah. he had been. Yeah. I, yeah. Isn't that amazing? That's really so, nice. He, exactly. Somebody that humane that he was like, I, he could not bear the thought of a kid getting bummed out because he, yeah. you know what I mean of their perception happened of once or twice and he was like and that's, stuck with him and stuck with him he's like that's, I don't want to do that to people that's, yeah. that's so uh, um, thought, thoughtful yeah, yeah. it's so thoughtful right and yeah. meanwhile people are getting fights on the internet with strangers over nothing yeah, over just you know where somebody else doesn't want to hurt you know a, a, any child to be I unhappy looking. I stopped looking at the internet. you have to it's mindless it's yeah. mindless and even like the news on like Yahoo News you click on it it's like John Cleese you John Cleese tears in the Taylor Swift's uh, love for a cat and you watch it, and she just makes fun of her for a second, and she laughs. Yeah. Like, wait a second. Exactly. Yeah, you know what I mean? I did a... It's so dumb. I, did, I remember I clicked on that. I baited into that. Yeah. I, I did a podcast. I was on a guest on a podcast in Minnesota. And the guys, the guy who's interviewing me is on the phone. He's in his summer house. And the person running the board is his nephew, who looks kind of autistic, or, you know. I don't really know. And so during the interview, I'm talking to the guy on the phone. And he can't see what I look like. So, you know, I'd say, I was like, oh, I'm, I'm fat. And he goes, well, are you? And I go, yeah, I'm fat. And he goes, you're obese? I was like, my doctor said morbidly obese. And he laughs. And we talk about it for a while. And so then I go back to the hotel room, and the thing's live, and I click on it. And the description for the podcast is, uh, the host calls Brian Scalero morbidly obese to his face. Because they have to trump it up as yeah, if it's and I'm a, saying, as wait if a second. thing. First, yeah. of all, he went, was, first of all, he wasn't even fucking there. Right. So it wasn't in my face. Yeah. <laughs> second of all, second of all, I called me more believable. Yeah, yeah, I did. Yeah, and yeah. So what the fuck? <laughs> By definition, he wasn't what in my face. What the fuck? Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's amazing. That that's like uh, opening a restaurant called Hot Naked Girls, and then you go in there, you're like, hey, it's just fish fillet. Yeah, yeah. like, well, it gets people in the door. That's what it is. That's what it's become now. Is I'm all they want to do is drive traffic, not have any real content. I'm gonna write down a joke. He's reminding me of a joke. Do it. Well, you know how like like bars and clubs like the Sky Bar will only let in pretty girls. Yeah. I want to open up a club and just let fat people in. <laughs> or at least a restaurant where only less fat people in, where you send the good-looking people, you make them wait out in line, yeah. and you like the celebrities show up, like John Goodman, like come right in, sir. Well, he's not fat anymore, but you know what I'm saying. <laughs> like <laughs> John Goodman still applies. Like, John Hill, please come right in. You know, all, all giant fat people, but no, uh, you know, you just you just make the good-looking people wait. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah. think that's fine. Yeah. How about you? Your turn to wait for a change. Yeah, Johnny Depp's <laughs> online. <laughs> you know, John Lewis walks right by him. Thank you. <laughs> Ah uh, man, he's ne he's not never in movies and TV enough. Love it, John Lovitz. I yeah, agree. I would love to see him in more yeah. things. Just even when he does the same, when he even when he's just playing John Lovitz, still hilarious. Yeah, he's just doing his own thing. Like his commentary on Rat Race is very funny. They call him up and he's like, "I gotta go. I'm busy." 
<laughs> and they're like they're like, just answer some questions. He goes, I gotta go. <laughs> and just yelling. They're purposely getting him riled up by right. asking more and more questions. He's like, I gotta go. <laughs> yeah, he's great. I thought this is interesting, actually. What you just kind of what you were mentioning there is is is, is how something got trumped up into this thing well, that is some, yeah. not everything you got to like. You're, you're, what's the show called again? The show saying? everything you know is wrong. Yeah. So everything you read on the internet is wrong. Yeah. It's all from the perspective of one person, or right. it's lie. Right. So, like the one you can tell, like you can tell when a story is objective. Yeah. You, you get two sent, you get two paragraphs, and and then you find out a whole other viewpoint. Yep. Yep. That's a good author. Yep. You know, but like if it's all one view, then it's impossible. You, it's it, it, yeah, and so you know what's crazy is that there's 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 sites now there's sites now right there's sites yeah. now that are um, owned by the same company and they will well, they'll do they have a Republican one that's like a red red site and wow. then cause, and then uh, liberal one is blue yeah and they they post post the post the exact same article with totally different headlines right that's amazing like Obama's doing this again and the other one says Trump did this blah 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 yeah. it's a, the exact same article it's, it's crazy are you sure that's amazing yeah yeah wow, I'll cool. show you the websites yeah is it, they're doing it as an experiment no 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 that's it, real. you're doubling your revenue how smart how smart is that you know what I mean like we got both parties now wow. reading our nonsense so it's whereas if you have a conservative magazine you're not going to get any liberal readers Dude. If that's you have a liberal incredible. magazine, you're not going to get any conservative. More people should know that. That's that, pretty that, incredible. It's brilliant. It's, it's dirty, but it's brilliant. So that's kind of one of those things. Yeah. Like you, what you think you know is wrong. So when you be like, "Could you believe this article?" I'm like, "Yeah, man, I yeah. can't believe." It. Somebody and I'm not again. You can. Um, this is in no way a defense of Trump at any stretch. But like somebody yeah. posted a thing and they were like, "Trump's at it again." Then I read the article and I was like, "Wait, this what? This was enacted three years ago." Yeah. And I'm like, "Now you're giving Trump people the fuel that you were trying yeah, to take yeah. from them because now you look like an absolute moron." So when yeah. you're out there going, "Boo!" Well, now now you just you just gave the opposite. Point. You just gave more fuel to the you know yeah. what I mean, the people that were. Yeah, I, I'm at the age now where I'm starting to look at things a little closer. You have to. So, yeah. so like when um like for example, I remember one show I worked on. I said, hey, uh, we were talking about somebody, and I uh, and I said I, I said he was great, and uh, you know I made a joke. It's like yeah, but it's like I just don't like eating with him or something like that. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And every you know then like it becomes. Um, and this is a friend of mine. I know him better than everybody I'm talking to. Yeah. And then it becomes like two weeks later that I, you know, that I called him a fucking asshole yeah. or something. You're yeah. like, whoa, 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 whoa. It grows. You're yeah. gone. And it grows. Into- like when, when a guy says my girlfriend went crazy or when a girl says my, girl, my boyfriend got needy, it's like, well, what really happens? Right, right, oh, right. you started talking to another guy. Right. And then your boyfriend's usual love became yeah. needy. Yeah. Or like my girlfriend didn't really go crazy. I just went on the road for three weeks and stopped talking to her. Right, right, you know right, what I mean? right, like, right, right. It's, 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 I've, all... I've met people that are like, they're like, man, my girlfriend's been going nuts. I think I have to break it off because she's just all over, all over the dumbest things. And then we go to their house and she's like, did you do this? Did you do that? Did you do this? And she's like, see what I mean? I'm like, no, those are all incredibly reasonable requests. How yeah. have you not done that? Yeah. Like you're ruining her life by you being mis- in you're, you know, yeah. like, yeah. Have you deleted your ex off of Facebook yet? Like, right, keeps, yeah, exactly. Keeps, keeps like, she keeps me. getting on my case about that. Yeah. <laughs> it's amazing. Oh, isn't that bizarre? Yeah, no. I, I, but I think, I wonder if it's an age thing, but then you look at maniacs in charge now, and they're older than us, and they're even crazier. All of Congress needs to be yeah. <laughs> turned into a, into, a, into, a, into a children's restaurant. Like, I, was, <laughs> I was in Vegas when Just Trump did. won, and uh, everybody did. was fighting because there's all people from all over the country there. So everybody was fighting. They said usually when you're in a town, it's either Republican or Democrat. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But I was in a in a locked uh, you know casino with everybody. So everybody's all fighting and arguing and screaming at each other. And then the comic gets off stage, and and I and he's on a, he, and I'm about going up next. And he goes, you know, they're rioting in New York. And I go, what? 
He goes, they're riding in New York. And I go, no, nah, they're not riding. I, I was like, that doesn't sound like New York. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he goes, uh, no, because I remember even when I saw that stupid movie Cloverfield, the, uh, the, everyone's rioting. Of course, mm -hmm. the black people are looting in, yeah, yeah. on the streets in Cloverfield. Right, right. And I'm like, that's, I don't know, that's that's not the Manhattan I know. Mm -hmm. You know, so it's like there may be blackouts there, but usually crime is uh, minimal. And, and you turn that into rioting. Yeah. yeah. So when um, he was like, they're rioting in New York, he shows me, he picks up, I was going, I bet you they're just marching. Yeah. So he pulls it up on his phone, and sure enough, they're just marching up six. Exactly. Right. That's it. You know, I so I, I went to I went to college on the East Coast, so I used to spend all my uh, holidays in uh, New York because uh, all my roommates from college um, were all from you know the uh, Manhattan, Long Island. So I'd go and stay with their families, right? Right. And so every. I I was always told like, oh, you know, like yeah. New York is so intimidating, this and that. Like, it's New York's phenomenal. And what's interesting is that that many people, if somebody, in, if you're in Minneapolis or Seattle where I live, and somebody trips, everyone's like, ah, unfortunate. You know what I mean? Just walk around them, whatever, right? Are you serious? <laughs> yeah, no, no, I mean, I mean, like, I think everyone, everyone in the country, basically, there's more just kind of like, yeah, all right, yeah, they're all right. You know what I mean? But someone's yeah. really, you're like, someone will get to them, right? Yeah. In New York, there's so many people that without, when somebody slips and is like, hey, damage, within seconds, everyone's like, and it's not like being a hero. Everyone's just kind of like, no, hey, no. Some, we just got to take care of this. Let's all yeah. just do take care of yeah, this. Exactly. And it was always interesting to me when I saw a thing happen, I would see like 10 New Yorkers suddenly, because people say New Yorkers are rude and this. I'm like, no, 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 no. just direct. You're, you're just, direct, just direct, direct and you're just around, when you're around uh, 5 million people or what, 2 million people all the time, right? Yeah, you adjust For, to them. You adjust and so, so you're basically like it's almost like well this person fell and it's, it's, uh, instead of where everyone else is like someone will help it it's like how yeah. about we all just help it and this will be done in a second and then we can get the train moving again I yeah. never really saw racism until I moved away from New York really truly yeah, yeah absolutely I, like in my uh, mid 20s I came to LA and I felt it online mm -hmm. at Seven Eleven. I felt it between the clerk mm -hmm. and the black guy in back of me yeah and and where, like, was, where were you? Where and were even like, you know, just saying hi to a woman in a gas station when I first moved out here, I still remember there's a woman at a gas station that says, hey, mm -hmm. and she's looked away. Mm -hmm. Whereas in New York, I would have got a, a, most of the time, I would have got a hey back. Right, hey, right, right. Hi, exactly. Like, hi, in a way that I knew the conversation was over. Right, right. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> and in LA, it was like, don't make eye contact with this Bigfoot because he's going he's gonna, to he's gonna mistake it for I want to fuck him and he's going to leave me alone or I'm a creep or. And it was so different. So New York, different. I have a joke about New York, but I don't do it often because it has shit in it. All my jokes have shit in it. All of them. Have, <laughs> Jeremy, it's all. It's over. <laughs> it's all just shit. It's over. My career's over. <laughs> so he says, uh, I say, he says, my other personality. He says, uh, I like New York because of direct. Like, New Yorker will come up to you and be like, hey, man, you got shit in your hair. Yeah. And then you, then you go home and you go, thank you. And you go home and look in the mirror and go, yeah, I had shit in my hair. Anywhere else, they wouldn't have told you. Right. They would have told everybody else. Right, this guy is there. That's you true. I mean? That's very true. Yeah, yeah, I feel like that's New York. That is a hundred percent New York. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. That yeah, I I do you miss? Do you miss? Uh, yeah, horribly. I oh, probably, really? I probably should be. I've been here since two thousand and one, a month before nine eleven. I've been here a very long time. You know. So I probably should go home. Well, but that's where my friends and family and my home club. Oh, are. all, all I've the friends. A long time. All the friends and family are still there. I know your home yeah. club, but yeah, okay. Oh, yeah. My my good friends are all there. Okay, but you but you have to be out here for for for, for acting. For, yeah, but now I'm on the road so much to pay for my rent and bills because that fucking rider strike that killed everybody. Did it really? With you, you 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 got a direct. You saw a direct. Yeah, massive. No, it, well, the rider strike was immediately followed by what happened in the Big Short. You know the, mm -hmm. the yeah, yeah yeah you know yeah. what well, I mean. Like, Rugged's pulled down. Yeah, so. Uh, the economy. So for fucking four, three to four years, three years, uh, the business took a hit. Mm -hmm. And so, so um, if you look at it, it's harder. Everybody got shoved a level down after those three years. Let's say somebody like David Spade, who was the lead in movies, now suddenly he's back on TV. Um, actors like Kevin Bacon, now they're on TV. They can't get a movie made, so they're back on TV. 
So that takes the regular actors who are on TV and shoves them down the guest roles. Mm. Guest roles are shoved down the co-star roles. Co-star roles are shoved down the extras. If you were directing movies, now you're directing straight to DVD movies. Everybody got shoved down a level. You lost your agents. You know you had to go down another tier and the agency. Were it there was, benefits? Were there benefits? What do you mean? Do you see any benefit from? Not at all. Just all just negative. No, consequences. because even the writers who won, they they were fighting for to have payment for um for their uh, uh, proprietary internet internet, yeah. internet airings. So if you were on a mm. CBS show, ah. you wanted to be paid for viewers mm-hmm. views on CBS's website. Right. And uh, now they are. But now they're paid less to write the project. Exactly. There's a sure. trade-off. There's a trade-off. Yeah. yeah. So all that. And the trade-off's usually more damaging than. Yeah. yeah. So all and I know a lot of writers who lost their houses. A lot of my actor friends had to move away oh, and start start moving companies and yeah, shit that's like that. Brutal. And you're like, you know, they're, they're not gonna come back. Yeah, yeah. Move to Baltimore, or whatever. Yeah, they're, yeah. They're not coming back. Oh man. You know, they they in their minds like one day maybe we'll go back, and then when you have a kid, and you're like, no. Yeah. 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 So. Um, I forgot what we were talking about. Well, so, about, so accept Jesus as your savior. Yeah. <laughs> that's what, fair. as anything. What were we you, talking about? Do you, uh, uh, well, I was curious if there was if there was any benefits, but then no, the benefits so. get they, they get they get they get retransferred in the negatives. I guess. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's well, it's, it's, it's yeah. counterbalanced. It's a, well, it's so, a whole different ballgame. Yeah. yeah. And so uh, I, the point is, I'm on the road so much now that you're not getting a chance to do and I'm not getting a chance to audition for as many projects as I want. Got to pay the bills. Yeah, yeah. What about for example, I was in Ottawa. And I got an uh, an offer to be in Marin's first season, and I also got uh, a pilot audition, and I also to be a regular, a regular, which is like fucking. But you missed it because it goes up like two figures as a regular. Because you were missing on the, because you're on the road, so you missed and it. And I also got I also got a, an, uh, a guest role audition. So in one week when I was in Canada, uh, three over three thousand miles away, the other side of the you know the other side of the country, I fucking had to lose uh, an offered role. A guest role audition and a pilot regular audition. Oh. Yeah, you know what I mean? So, and it was off the table. Like, yeah, uh, so it's like, you know, that, that affects me. I, yeah. And that's the whole reason I'm in L.A. So yeah. I'm thinking, if this is happening anyway, I might as well move back to New York, be with my family, be with my friends, and be a much better comic. Mm-hmm. But then I also have a wonderful girlfriend here. So it's very, Ooh, very confusing. Yeah, that complicates everything. Yeah. yeah so yeah. what I tend to do is just smoke weed and not think about it. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, yeah. Well, do you, ever, do you ever think about, like, what was the first, what was the first time you got an acting go- job? Were you, um, like, a, or were you, like, this is this this the, I can this I, I can do I feel that huh what's that like a, like the first time you get a, a, an actual acting job your first one where you're like that's it I can do this I'm this guy this is my um uh, debut I guess right yeah. um do, do you do you do you remember the highs because you ever yeah it was the best I um yeah I'll never forget it like even the first Wendy's commercial I did you that, still are like yeah this is. like the check showed up and my mother no longer said I should have a backup job yeah yeah, yeah and then, it justifies uh, a lot of yeah, things and it was, then I was getting paid and I was able to move out of my parents house and, and what were some at the comedy store but I remember when I got a, the pilot the first pilot I did um, I was in a they, uh, they flew me out for an audition they flew me out for a test which already they don't do that anymore these days mm. They, you know, they spend fucking two, three grand on flying me out yeah. to audition me for an NBC pilot that may not get aired. Yeah. And, you know, I booked it and my manager was crying on the phone. I was crying. They sent a limousine to send me to the airport. I was so fucking happy. I knew it was all going to go up. And it did for like a good eight years, you know. Uh, and then, uh, you know, then I was in New York and I got the offer to be on Three Sisters, which was like right after the pilot got canceled. And I was like, yeah. And it was like, all right, we'll give you five grand and you got two weeks to move. And I just, I remember being right in front of the comedy cellar cheering that it mm. happened, you know, it was wonderful. 
Never forget it. Remember every, I remember every big job I got. Yeah. Really? You yeah, you locked those in. You yeah. locked those memories no, yeah. in. Yeah. Even like even now. Yeah. That I've been shoved down to the guest role level. When I booked Mad Men, I remember how exciting that was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That yeah. was that was exciting. You're always thankful. You're always. Money was extremely different. No, oh, really. Yeah, but I remember yeah. being like, my everybody in the business is now going to see my face. Yes, truly. Yeah. And even if they don't remember me, the ones who know me are going to be like, oh. Brian's on Mad Men. You yeah. know, even yeah. if they treated me bad, there I was on Mad Men. Yeah, yeah. Legitimate. You know, it was just wonderful. So, you know, there are things, there are still moments, you know. What about gigs? Do you have any gigs that stand out where you're like, that was, that trip, that, I, I was in well, yeah, Minneapolis. I did, I did um, uh, uh, Phil Azetta, who runs 24-7 Comedy for iHeartRadio, he had a beautiful, he, the Orleans in Vegas, we had like 3,000 people in there. Oof. And he, um, and he uh, he put me on. How long was this? Uh, this was in January last year, or okay. maybe May last year, okay. April. Recently, yeah. And it was just one. It was like bam. It was just they they all came to see Billy Gardell and Frank Caliendo and and Jackie Martling and Bobby Slane was on the show and me and uh, some other people. Like, that was a big lineup. A yeah. lot of heavy hitters. Yeah. Everybody did like twenty minutes, and it was just fun. Just fun, yeah. Yeah, and it just was so explosive that it's so electric and three thousand people yeah. going, yeah. Everyone else feeds on that energy. When you got three thousand yeah, people, yeah. it builds and builds. The Comedy Central taping was a lot of fun. The, was that was a good experience? Yeah, well afterwards they chose because I'd done Live at Gotham, I had repeated some jokes from Live at Gotham on Comedy Central that were A plus. And they were much better now. And they took them out because they aired at Live at Gotham. Oh, that's so now meanwhile brutal. when you watch the Comedy Central special it's be, yeah, my best stuff is not there. Yeah, and it's on the live at Gotham, but they don't air live at Gotham. No, it airs the live at Gotham. Yeah. oh that sucks. So yeah, so that was a so I could I, I still think um, that special could have been. Yeah, um, I have a lot. I have a lot of bad luck, but I also have good luck. Like God likes me, but doesn't love me. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> throw yeah, throw yeah. me on a TV show, and 9-11 yeah. will happen the next day. Oh man! Three, oh, that that's three right. Sisters. Yeah, you know, he'll throw right. me on. He'll throw me on stack, and the president of Fox gets fired in between season one and season two. Oh, you know so, what I mean? Yeah. So yeah, I'll. Uh, I'll get a Comedy Central special, but they'll take out my best jokes. They joke. take out the best jokes. I'll get on Conan and fucking Tim Russert will die two floors upstairs. No when he, way. When he was Conan's friend. No way. Like a half hour before show. Is that right? So but everybody yeah, yeah. knew, and so you have to then go, oh. Yeah, and then they, they didn't show me the, the microphone. I didn't get a chance to talk to the sound guy. Oh, you didn't get sound. all the perks of doing the yeah, thing. Not just the perks, but like the, 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 a way to tell the sound oh, yeah. guy, don't lower my volume right, when right, I suddenly yeah. scream. Where do I stand? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Man. So, like, you literally, oh. yeah, so I didn't know what was, what was oh, happening. That is and the audience was really down. Because they, because Colton was visibly upset. Oh, that is you know? brutal. Yeah, but then I met. You know, I did it again later on. The world becomes full circle. Here's one thing I've noticed. It's like if you wait. Remember in Batman uh, Dark Knight, he says, "Or you stick around long enough to become the villain." Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know that. You know, if you just sit still, you'll watch somebody skyrocket, somebody implode, that then later implode and then fall down to the ground and maybe rise up again. So that's Stallone. Fucking uh, Robert Downey Jr., you know. So he was the butt of the jokes for about ten years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's like uh, the Laugh Factory was the great comedy store was the great club here in the seventies and eighties, and then the, the Laugh Factory was for the nineties and first uh, first aughts, <laughs> and now the Laugh Factory now the the, st- the store is back in charge. Yeah, again. yeah. So if you just wait around long enough, it comes. Yeah, yeah. You, yep. you can watch. Uh, the idea is to stay alive. Yeah, yeah, yep. Yeah. There was a there was a. Uh, uh, Couple comedy books in Seattle that had the power. Stay alive. That is the goal. That is the yeah, end. So, so you can see, see it all change. Yeah. yeah if you if you fail, let's say you're successful and then you fail, 
and you know you're going to be successful again because you're not giving up. Right. Just don't die. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you'll have that resurgence. Yep. Uh, there was two. There was two uh, bookers in Seattle that were the only. They were the king of the that, that were not comedy clubs, right? right? So they're really the only bookers that matter, right? And the two guys, one of them, a greasy guy, the other one, sweetest human being. When mm-hmm. they split up, one of them was still booking, the other one just went to being a regular comic. So he had no more pull in town, right? Yeah. So then people just immediately chose sides, and of course, ninety percent of people went over to the guy that still had some and influence, right? Booked, yeah. yeah. Me and me and my writing partner and, and a couple others were like, you know what? This this other person is just one of our favorite people, just a great human being. We're gonna go to the other side so we're in the yeah. mi- minority that went and said like I, I, this, I don't care that this guy can't do anything for me in, the, in comedy yeah, this, that. Yeah, yeah. he's better for my life because he's a wonderful person yeah, right yeah. Uh, uh, two years later that dude gets fired and he becomes the new booker of the number one uh, outside do you see what I'm saying right Yeah. and we didn't make that we didn't, and then you know, I don't know the guy but in fucking 10 years he's going to get fired too Right, I'm sure. Yeah, I'm I mean, sure you're right. I'm life, sure he yeah. is constantly fucking. Like, he's a good guy. Yeah, he's think, gonna quit. You know. Yeah, I, yeah. I I'm feel just like making a joke. I don't even know who he is. No, yeah, no, no. I think you're absolutely right. Though. But I also think you can push your, <laughs> push your luck a certain way when you do certain habits and certain things that kind of change things. You know what I mean? Like, like right. you're saying when you go to New York, more people are gonna see stronger sets, more eyeballs seeing you doing stronger. Well, and sets. also, you're gonna become better. You're gonna become better. You're you know what I mean? So more, you're gonna have, you're gonna make a living. Exactly, and then suddenly your luck starts to turn good. Because you now are getting better, and now more people are seeing this this, right. this environment. You know what I right, mean, right? right. So, with, so wow. How long have you been thinking about the, the New York thing? Is that fresh in your mind, or is that? No, I've been thinking about that for ten years. Really? Yeah. Going, wow. Well, I, you know, it's like I've done a lot of fun things, but I probably should have went back ten years ago and then come back later. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Mm-hmm. You know, I, don't, I, don't, I didn't know no, the right strike was coming. I didn't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I, mean, no I, I went from a, a network pilot to a network sitcom to a network pilot to a network sitcom. To uh, the writer strike, just killing all that. But you, you have such a uh, that uh, momentum is gone, right? You have such like a memorable skill set between your voice and between your, you know what I mean. Yeah, you know, I, I think if I can, you know how to if I can lose fifty pounds, I think I can be on TV tomorrow. Probably, yeah, absolutely, yeah. absolutely. Because with your skill set, you know what I mean. And then Thank every, you very much. every time, well, every time we watch little things, where I'll be watching TV and I see you pop up in a commercial yeah. and stuff like that. It's always memorable. You know look, what I mean? look how fat I am in this clip. You see, so we, like, <laughs> we're watching. Yeah. We're watching you now on TV, right? Yeah, yeah. And, I, but you can't tell because the way the way it's, the way it's staged and the way it's you know what I mean, fucking, right? No, yeah, you, you can absolutely you can, tell. Can you really? Yeah, oh, I didn't really yeah, get close. My mother said, the, "Brian, you look very fat." Like, I, well, I can help you with I that. Just, I can show you. No, shut up. <laughs> if it's not a pill you, that makes the fat go you, away, you know what? Though you know, here's something interesting: is is a comic friend of mine who's 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 overweight, right? Is is he pointed something out that I never noticed before? Is that he said you and another comic that's a good friend of mine are the only people that have never once ever made fun of me for being fat. And you're the two that are the most in shape. You know what I mean? Or, or in the most involved well, in nutrition. My, my friends don't make fun of me for being fat. And most of the time, most of the time I go through life without being made fun of. It's weird, but then, but then we put the Well, then we put the spotlight no, on us. But, but like then they want it. That's just people. That was people who enjoyed what I did and want to be a part of it. Right, right. And it's their broken psychology of, yeah, you know what yeah. I mean? Getting to that. Speaking but, of but, which, I'm selling black shirt diet t-shirts. The trademark. And they say black shirt diet. They say black shirt diet. Yeah, they trademarked. <laughs> Trademark? Yeah. Are you nice? Yeah, yeah. yeah I yeah. fucking did it because I knew it was a great idea. People, you were selling the shows. You were yeah, selling the shows. Run, nice. Yeah, I saw them nice. the shows, and nice. you can write to me through my website. Nice. And I'll send you a black shirt. <laughs> yeah, I'm on the black shirt. They're very funny. Yeah. <laughs> people like them. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Because it resonates. We, we all know what that means. Yeah, we yeah. all know what it means. What it means. But I thought it was interesting. Now it's is so that, close, is that like he's, a fucking store. Yeah. You used to be yeah. funny, right? You know, you well, used to just be funny. Exactly. Fucking selling clothes. I know. You have to. But again, it's what people want. But it's what people want. You know what I mean? And the taste of change. You know why? Do you know why shirts do better than CDs when you sell merch to audience members? Because it's something that people can show and people can strike up conversation. Like they anything. are involved in the joke. If it's a T-shirt, oh Not yeah, involved they're, if it's they're a CD. part of it. Yeah, if you that's sell true. a CD and they buy it, it's good. They like you. 
But they're more, it's your joke, but they're more apt to buy the shirt because it becomes their joke. Oh, that's interesting. People that are more self-centered are more, not, not in a bad way. Nah, I like like, it. Yeah, exactly, not in a bad yeah. way. In a, in a, in, you know what I mean? It's just in a human being way, yeah. right? That are going to be like, I'm, you know what I mean? Yeah, I'm yeah. engaged in this. Right. Yeah, where someone's just kind of like, eh, oh, that's interesting. Yeah. yeah. Don't get me wrong. It's, when I'm standing outside selling shirts, sometimes I remember I used to be on TV. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I go, fuck, what happened? <laughs> Too many meatballs sandwiches. <laughs> <laughs> I used to be, you know what? Never mind. How many would you like? I gotta yeah. go soon. Yeah, yeah, we gotta get going. I think it's only seven uh, twenty right now. Seven twenty. Write some new jokes. Yeah, well, um, we got five perform, more minutes. Perform new shows. Um, Your uh, friend's not back. How are you gonna do that? No, we're gonna go get him. I'm gonna go get him. That's what he does. When we do the, when we I do, thought it, he took the car. When we do it in our studio, um, we Ow. we start the uh, the conversation and then and then and he uh, leaves. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because more, like it's more that. intimate. It's more personal. It's more like. Okay. Gotcha. Do you have Do you have any things that you are? Um, I don't know. Let's that end are, on something positive. Well, they, that's but uh, like those. I, I love those. Those. I the love the fact that every gig that you get, you remember uh, the show. Yeah, that, no, that's, I, it's, I, it's, I can remember where I, where I was, where you were, what you're eating. I booked, yeah. a, a, I booked an ABC pilot in 2003, and I remember the uh, girl I was dating at the time was at the gas station. And she's, I called her up and she said, I'm at the gas station. And she was just walking past it. And I was like, I just, and I just parked and jumped out of the car and said, I got it. And we just hugged and it was Oh, that's awesome. a moment. That's a moment, yeah. Because I knew that was like fucking, that was Perfect wonderful. Moment. Yeah. You know, it's, uh, I can't remember all those moments, you know. Excuse me. When you, when you, uh, uh, apologize. No, when you be, uh, uh, it's almost like with your skill set, and because you do stuff and you're, and you're memorable, you're you're a scene stealer, right? Nice. They're always like that. That I don't know who's I don't know what his name is, but yeah, every but time let's, I see let's him, fire him because he's making everybody else. There's a yeah, there's uh, there's a there's a comedian that I like that I can never remember his name, but every time I see him in a show, I'm like he's the best part of the show, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. So you because no, I'm the same way, yeah, you're the same way, and I'm, I, mean, it's, I mean I'm the same way. I watch shows oh you watch shows and, and, and I pick out somebody. Well, these, this, I, like I was watching uh, Stranger Things, and I was like that kid gotten 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 Metazara, yeah. you know the kid with the teeth, yeah. I was like, he's wonderful. He's yeah. a very natural actor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, now everybody's flipping out about it. Right. I was like, I, I picked up on that right yeah, away. Yeah, yeah. You can spot. He's, it, yeah, none forced. It's wonderful. Well, because he's like, because of your skill set, because of how like you, you create the you create entirely new characters. It's always that like, a memorable, to. a memorable like addition to whatever's already stayed. Yeah. That sometimes that character suddenly goes viral. You know what I mean? And then suddenly everybody talks about this one character. Like Putty. Putty from uh, Seinfeld. Uh -huh. It was just one episode. But people resonated so hard with Putty yeah, that yeah. they're like, we got to make this guy. And now Patrick Warburton's the man. You know what I mean? Right? Yeah, yeah. Do you feel like that, 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 you, that you have that in you? Like that one missing piece? Yeah, where... but, I mean, but are people going to find... Uh, uh, listen. It's, it's, it's what, catching what, lightning in a bottle, but... Patrick Warburton's great. And what he did was great. But it, well, did he do something that was... Did he write the dialogue? You know, oh no no! That's one of my point is that you never know. There's a lot of luck involved. Exactly. The fact that Patrick Warburton got that part is because the casting director called him fifty. Exactly. Guys. All those. Yeah. yeah. And if factors. he was if he was on a trip with his wife, he wouldn't. Would have yeah. missed it. Yep. And he's in he's in L.A. when other people aren't. It's all like any. I believe in a lot. I know so many talented people. I go to the store, and oh. I I hold my stomach now. Yeah. I'm watching talent after yeah. talent after talent. Yeah. It's like the seller now. It's yeah. Like so much talent. So yeah. I know so many fucking people. Right. And and how so many talented people that, that have the ability to go viral. Right. But if people would if people would just give them the opportunity mm -hmm. to do that. Yeah. That opportunity is all is yeah. the missing ingredient. It's yeah. the impossible thing to catch. It's the impossible thing yeah. to, to like Dennis, Hop Dennis Hopper said in an interview, said well, they were like, How did, what's your advice? And he goes, uh, a lot of luck. Now then if you look at his directing and he's easy rider. It's very good. Mm -hmm. The way he went from scene to scene is he would cut back and forth 
really quickly mm-hmm. between the room, like let's say the scene one's in a room and scene two is in a field. He wouldn't just cut from the room to the field. He would throw in frames of the field at the end of the shot in the room. So when you're watching the room, you see field, room, field, 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 room, field, room, and then you're in the field. Uh, so so he it did, triggers the mind to yeah, re- recognize. Whatever he did yeah. was... Uh, revolutionary? Was, well, yeah, kind yeah, of revolutionary. Yeah. And he still fe- feels that it was luck. He yeah. still feels like it, even though he was, yeah. he was that d- yeah. deliberate about it, and yeah. he still feels like that. Because he knows, wow. like, the that's, fact... The fact that he stumbled on an idea, the that's fact that he gave him money it. to yeah. make the movie, the fact that he got the good script. That's you know, a, it's all Even if it was that deliberate, that's still The fact that amazing. somebody saw the movie yeah, yeah. And, and, made, and made the movie to, big. You made, know what yeah, I mean? Like, yeah. fuck, all those, how many good projects are out there? All you those go on factors. YouTube right now and you just look. and you just, you'll, you'll find about, if you'll say you watch 50 videos on YouTube, you're going to find one in there that has 2,000 views. That's fucking genius. There's, I'll show you one after we do this that I'm, I'm going to post it on the website on this interview. It's so funny, right? Yeah. And it's got like, like you said, 2,000 views. And then I see all these, these terrible sketch kids yeah. getting 2 million. And I'm like, it's because this one's so smart. It's yeah. so it's smart like, and so well done. Yeah. Kids are watching kids. And yeah, I, kids I are watching other kids. That's who they're marketing yeah. to, yeah. yeah. I, I think that's why we're annoyed at millennials. When millennials say, I agree. Well, oh, you hate us because of our youth, I go... No, we hate you because you hate us. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, you, and you show us your hate. <laughs> yeah. I held the door open for a young girl, and she was like, oh, is that some patriarchal shit? What? Yeah. Like, it's Why like, the fuck are you I talking just, about? Just, can't I can't just, just be a person? Open, can I just be a person? Because I, I want to slam a door in your face? That's the patriarchy? Yeah. Oh, man. It's true. It's become like that where everything is eggshells. Like, yeah. here, is there, there's, a, there's a famous... I do, like, I do like some millennials. Yeah, I don't yeah, know yeah, many. Yeah, I know yeah. like 10. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah, because there's so many young kids getting into comedy. You got to know a few that are yeah, yeah. super, like 19 year old kids yeah, that are just yeah. And they're yeah, all really there. nice. You know? Yeah, yeah. Listen, we, you, we've been very negative here. That's why when when you first part of the business, I was like, oh, I was going to be one of those. Oh, got it, got because it. Because I feel like I've done a million of those. Oh, I know, and that's where, the thing where, is, where I don't want to business, and people think that we're depressing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. People. But no, that's not what this is. You, you know, you no, know, like yeah, it's exactly is that it's it's. I think I think people are genuinely interested in what smart people are engaged in what what it actually entails. You know what I mean? What, um, what this actually is that we do. And it is weird. There, there's very, there's some aspects. It is weird. But you know, it, what's fun about well, the reason they're interested is because the job looks so fun. Right. And, uh, and, there, but and it's they, like any it's, job. It's, it's, yeah, it's just like any other job. There's realities behind like, it. I'm going to get on an airplane and I don't know if the guy picking me up from the airport is going to be cool. Yeah. If or he's going to be a dick. He's going to chat your head off about yeah. nonsense or is he, and I got racist. Picked, I got picked up. And, I'm going to never forget this. It was during, right after the writer's strike, I started to go on the road because I had to. I think I went to Kansas City, and this woman picked me up in the car, and she goes, do you want to meet my squirrel? And I said, excuse me? She goes, do you want to meet my squirrel? And I was like, yeah, sure. What, what, what are you going to say? No, I don't want So she opens this little gate, and the squirrel comes running out and runs right up my chest. Wow. Does a 360 on my face. What? Gets, stands on my head, and I got to pretend that I like it. Yeah. And I go, yeah, I yeah. Would love this, that. This, I this is great. Yeah, yeah, this is wonderful. Sharp. Claws. Oh, digging from, into you? Yeah. yeah. From a wild animal wild that's not animal. domesticated. Oh, my God. Near my eyes. Yeah. Near my eyes. Yeah, that I see on of. my head. <laughs> and, I, and, I just, and I just go, yeah, yeah, that's just right. And right there, I knew this is fucking the end of my career. This is brutal. Yeah. And oh. so, you know, it's really very different. Well, let's see. The, uh, the world is so strange. It's, this job is strange. A lot of so many things have changed to make it strange. Dude, if you, if you, yeah, yeah. If you, real quick, if um, if uh, uh, a year from now, not like I want to play center for the Lakers, but a year from now, if you could see something happening, falling away, that would be ideal and perfect. What oh would man, be? I would, I would. What Seth Rogen has, oh yeah, yeah, is the career I want. Okay, yeah. What Seth, not say that his style of comedy or his acting style or his choices of script or what I would do. 
Uh, I wouldn't. Because I like, that's what he does. And it's not what I, I would do. I want to, I want to write and develop movies with people that are my ideas where I'm one of the featured actors. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Sometimes I'm the lead. Sometimes I'm second lead. Sometimes I'm fifth lead. Yeah. That's what I want. That's, yeah. This is the, uh, this like, is, what is it? That's this... the ideal career for me. Before him, I would say I would want John Candy's career. Okay. Yeah, Fair because he would go from project to project, just be real, yeah. just be great. Always John Candy. In yeah. every movie, he's John Candy, and, and you love it. Yeah, he's just real. Oh, and he's, he's, uh, I just watched Uncle Buck actor. again. I love, yeah. oh, John Candy is the best. There is Plane Trains and Automobiles. This is one of the greatest you know, top when ten. You're, oh. this, this, show, this shows you how giving an actor he is. When um, when the guy goes, uh, yeah, her first baby come out sideways, and yeah. then he fixes his hat, and he goes, <laughs> with his nose. <laughs> yeah. They cuts to Steve Martin and John Candy, and they just freeze and kind of just stare at him. Now, when you're a kid, you laugh. You laugh when you see John Candy and Steve Martin's reaction to the guy clearing right. his nose. But you're thinking that how great that performance was. Yeah. But when you get older and you go back and look, and as an actor, you go, the reason I'm laughing is because Steve Martin and John Candy gave the actor the laugh. Right, right. And nowadays, not to shit on anybody, but... Look well, at me! Look at me! If, yeah, if look at me! Like, if it's uh, Kevin Hart or somebody, uh, you know, they're gonna or they're gonna react and get the laugh. A hammy. On the words. A hammy. Yeah. 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 And uh, and they're they're fine. Those guys. They're friends yeah. of mine. But it's like what's what John Kennedy would did was just stay still and move his eyes about yeah. an eighth of an inch. Yeah, it's like magic. An yeah. eighth of an inch, yeah. and it, it was a huge laugh. Yeah. Just giving the other actor a laugh, yeah. and by making a scene, as it opposed to just a. Uh, a smarmy young comedian being rude to somebody odd who's odd. Right, 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 right. And it was wonderful. There's more art. Yeah. Ah, that's see that makes me want to look for those types of scenes everywhere. Yeah, yeah, you know what wonderful. I mean? And see. Plain Charles Romans, he's fantastic. He has to not tip off that his wife is dead. Right, the entire time. And it's amazing that no, reveal. Yeah. That reveal for a comedy, pretty amazing. You go back pretty and amazing. look at his acting choices, and you got to credit John because because I look at things from all angles. You have to credit John Hughes, who was a director who knew to choose the takes that were the result he wanted. So you got to give it to John Hughes as well. But John Candy and John Hughes, and John Hughes uh, create scenes where you don't know his wife is dead. Yeah. So what Steve Martin says, the bare minimum, at least we have our wives to go home to. And they cuss to John Candy, and he just has his bottom lip uh, crunched up against his top lip, and he just nods, and nods in agreement. But in his eyes, now that you watch it, you can see in his eyes, my wife is dead. But when the first time you watch it, he doesn't reveal it. Yeah. So that's great wow. acting. That's like memento. I got to watch it again. That's what I'm saying. Without John, you, John Kenny was a terrific actor who uh, should have been nominated. Uh, cool Runnings, the dumbest plot for a movie I've ever heard. I enjoy Cool Runnings. It's a Runnings. real story. I enjoy, it's a real story, but yeah. no, no, no. But I mean, like, know. but their version, the, the yeah, Colin yeah, yeah, version, yeah, yeah, so dumb. Yeah. I love Cool Runnings. I enjoy Cool Runnings. Like John Kenny's John Kenny's shit. If you're the man, you make it work. Yeah. Right? yeah. yeah. Well, I've, I, this has been great. You're the man. I'm glad you're making it work. And let's write some scripts. Let's make that happen. Let's write scripts nobody will fucking read. Right. At least doing it doing the computer's full of 10 scripts on there nobody's ever gonna read uh, if, you'll, if you'll get it read I'll write a script with you alright if you don't, if you can't get it read I do not want to start a project right no now. no no I'm not starting right. a project but yeah no let's see I'll what, write something yeah. if you can get it read now it's on paper I'll now put it's your on, name on one of my scripts already now wrote. it's on ah no no no, no. Right, <laughs> Come on, I, I, want, I just want to be a grip on it. Right. <laughs> but yeah now right, it's, now, it's, me. now it's now it's on record let's do it it's good to see you again it's good to see you brother wasn't that great uh, Brian is, uh, I mean, he's been in the business for so long. He knows the ins and outs. He knows the business. And he's just one of those people who's just naturally a gifted performer. He's just incredible to see live. Um, go to his website, uh, www.brianscalaro.com. 
and uh, and get his he's got a CD live at the Comedy Castle. Uh, buy that CD. It's a great CD. It's a great entry point for you to get to know him. And uh, I took the photo, the cover, the cover uh, photo for that album. Uh, we took uh, we took when we were hanging out, and it's 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 a brilliant one. If you know if you know the guy, then you'll love the, you'll love the album. And uh, he's got a he's also got a, um, a t shirt there for 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 people that uh, you know everybody likes to get in shape, but uh, not all of us have the time or the or the wherewithal to put in the hard work. And so everybody knows black is slimming. So he has a t-shirt that is the black shirt diet. And that's, that's exactly what it is. You can buy that right on his website, the black, uh, black shirt diet. Um, oh, and during the show, I, re- I said that uh, Tina Fey hated the writing process. I, I looked that up. I was wrong. It was Amy Poehler said that the refer to the, the writing process as hellish. It really is the hardest part of the job. Um, Tina Fey may hate it too, but I did, I did notice that mistake afterwards. Um, otherwise, thank you so much for listening. And uh, I hope you really enjoyed our, our three episode trip to California. I want to thank the uh, um, all the comedians. Uh, it was it was an absolute blast hanging out with them. Brian Scalaro, David Hansberger, and Andrew Slater, all are fantastic comedians. And go out and see them whenever you can. And thank you so much. Go to our website, uh, support us, become a member, uh, sign up for the membership, and get discounts on all our products for all of our sponsors. Again, uh, emptiness, get it, clean your system out, get your life back together. <laughs> and then and Baxel. I know a lot of you got joint problems. You complain about them. Stop complaining about joint problems with your family. Get some Baxel and fix it. Thank you so much, and uh, we'll talk to you in a week. Peace. Everything you know is wrong should be listened to for entertainment purposes only. Although some guests on the show are medical doctors, most are not, and the host is barely even a person. Nothing you hear on this podcast or read on our website should be considered medical advice. Consult your doctor and use common sense before doing anything you might think have a lasting effect on your body, mind, or spirit.